1: Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and my co host is my trusty service dog, Whistle. <coughs> And we're thrilled to be with you today to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today we have two guests on the show, Brian Valente and Heidi Hoopner, and they are part of the wonderful program at LAX airport called PUP, which is Pets Unstressing Passengers. Doesn't that sound awesome? So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Brian and Heidi to the show.
0: Sit, stay, we'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact.
1: Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Hello and welcome to the show, Brian and Heidi. Uh,
0: thank, thank you, you for so having much. us.
1: Oh, we're so glad you could be with us and we just can't wait to hear about how you got this awesome program started at LAX. And Brian, could you start and tell us how did all this come to be?
0: Well, I have to be honest, probably Heidi's the person to answer that. She really is the person who, without whom this program would not exist and she really spearheaded it. So Heidi, maybe you could sort of talk about it. Tell the us, beginning. Heidi.
2: Yeah. So we launched the program one year ago on April 15th, and it was something that came to my attention that why don't we have dogs at the airport? Have Let's have therapy dogs at the airport to de-stress passengers. So I started to do research. I found out that another airport had been doing this. I called them, got information, and then basically created the program that would really be specific for people flying through LAX. So once I did all of that, I kind of put the word out and I met Brian, and he was very instrumental in helping find an organization for us to partner with which is Therapy Dogs Incorporated. And Brian also with his therapy dog Finn kind of took it to the next level with me of, you know, what we need to do to find, you know, the right dog and right volunteer to be a part of the program.
1: So how did you convince your bosses, Heidi, to let you do this?
2: You know, Marcy, I'm very convincing and <laughs> Especially when it comes to animals. It's funny, I actually did tell my boss when she hired me several years ago, the second day, I said, you know what, I'm going to find a way to get dogs at the airport. And she said, <laughs> oh, you're so funny, Heidi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so was it difficult? I mean, were they, was there an immediate buy-in or did you have to work on them for a while? The first concern, of course, was safety.
2: They said, how are we going to know a dog isn't going to potty on something or that they're not going to try to grab food out of somebody's hand? Or, you know, let's face it, what if they bit somebody? You know, what will we do if there are passengers who have fears to dogs or perhaps allergies? So these were all things when I first started talking to the different groups like PSA, airport police and risk management saying, tell me what your concerns are, and I'm going to find out how to put your mind at ease. So with that being said, and again, working with Brian um, and Therapy Dogs Incorporated, it was... We decide the dogs have to have at least one year experience before coming to the airport. We do a walkthrough with them to make sure it's a good fit. The airport's a lot crazier than convalescent homes, schools, or hospitals. So seeing that the dog was making sure that they're really well-grounded and not startled by all of the different noises and suitcases and things going by if we found that that was a good fit the volunteers were good engaging conversation with people then we would do a background check everybody who works at the airport has to get fingerprinted so they can get badged, and then we did a classroom training so that put everybody on our end at ease that we really were screening people and the dogs to make sure it was a good fit
1: yeah well Brian what did you think about this when you got connected with Heidi
2: well
0: I'll tell you, it was absolutely a breath of fresh air. We had been doing therapy work for about a year and a half or two years prior to hearing from Heidi. And the thing is about therapy dogs, its it, in many ways, it's a very traditional kind of program where folks who typically have a lot of time, so it means they're usually retired, they may have dogs who have been previous show dogs or they've been retired for some reason, and they're looking for something interesting to do with their dogs. Oftentimes they're going to hospitals, retirement homes, you know places that when we think about therapy dogs, people go, of course, that's where you'd find them. It's in many ways it's very rewarding. But, you know, I'm in my 40s, and, you know, I'm not retired, and I sort of always felt like there was something missing because, Marcia, as you know, when you have a dog with you all the time, there's something about that bond that you want to share with everybody, not just in the context of, you know, being in a hospital or being in- infirmed for some reason. So Absolutely. Yeah, and so when, when we saw Heidi's note about, hey, they're starting a therapy program at LAX, it just absolutely struck us that, wow, you know, what a great place to go and not only perform service and be of service to other folks, but also to share our love of dogs with other people who for literally from all over the world. And it was absolutely just, we jumped right on it and probably was one of the first people to call her.
1: <laughs> well, that's awesome. And I'm so glad that you were talking about what therapy dogs do. And could you tell us a little bit more about that, Brian? Because I know our listeners, I get a lot of emails from people asking me, what's the difference between a therapy dog and a service dog? So talk to us a little bit about that. Sure.
0: Well, first let me contrast a service dog with a therapy dog. As you know, a service dog is really there to perform a function for a specific person that they should be able to do but can't perform on their own. So typically, they're seeing eye dogs. They are, in some cases, alert dogs if people have certain medical conditions. There's a wide variety of things, but it is a recognized a nationally recognized function that service dogs perform and service dogs of course have benefits to go into places where normally animals are not allowed. Therapy dogs, on the other hand, perform a service for many people. They don't perform a service for me. And their goal is to provide comfort to people who are in the way I describe it is they're in situations where maybe they're uncomfortable or bored and they really need some sort of stress relief. And boy, what a great way to do it is to pet a dog and need a dog. And of course, therapy dogs have to go through not only fairly expensive training to make sure that they are obedient and well-trained, But there's a certain amount of demeanor they have to have in being calm and enjoying being around people. So that is really kind of the heart of what therapy dogs and therapy work is about.
1: That's great. And how long does it take if someone wants to volunteer and get their dog trained to be a therapy dog? How long does that usually take, Brian?
0: Well, it's a great question. There's really kind of two parts. One is, how long does it take for them to become prepared as a team to, you know, be tested and go through the registration process? And that really varies. You know, I always describe it as 51% of the dog's demeanor, just basically, are they a good calm happy friendly dog the other 49% is training and frankly most of the training has to do with the person to let them know how to interact with a dog and you know what's required in a the therapy dog setting so that takes you know usually if someone starts from zero that can take anywhere from a few months to maybe a year or so but really it's The idea of therapy dog testing and registration is not so much about hardcore obedience like sit, stay, or leave it, or following certain commands. They definitely have to be obedient, and they definitely have to look towards their handler for direction and instruction, but we really look for that special connection and the calmness that therapy dogs typically bring. Once they come and do a test, then the actual process of starting the test and becoming a therapy dog is about two months.
1: Okay. Well, and Heidi, so tell us you mentioned earlier that you guys had a class that you did at LAX. Tell us about what that process was when you connected with Brian about what all had to happen before dogs could actually be on site working.
2: Right. So we want to make sure that the volunteers understand the workings of the airport. You know, they know the different groups. Like I said, you know, TSA, what the airline roles are, airport police, ag dogs. You know, there's a lot of different divisions that make the airport run. And then also just, you know, what the guidelines are. A lot of times you have passengers that are upset because let's face it, traveling is not easy and fun like it used to be. You know, you can't go wait at the gate with your loved ones anymore. So so they can prepare how to handle an upset passenger. The thing that is so great is the dogs diffuse the situation. Brian and I have seen that time and time again and the other volunteers as well. But, you know, the classroom, too, it's the volunteers will always go and work the same terminal the same day and the same time. And this is a benefit, too, because also the employees that work there are really excited to see the dogs. It's something that they look forward to. But we want the volunteers to know where the ATM machine is, where the bathrooms are, where the restaurants are if they have more intricate questions that need to be answered. We have other volunteers at the volunteer booth. They can direct them to where those volunteers are to answer more serious questions. If they're having a connecting flight, we want them to be able to say, oh, if you're connecting to this airline, you have to walk over here. So they have to have some education on that because they do sometimes get those questions asked of them. But, again, the dogs are the star of the show, and it's amazing all of us who work with dogs we know this but just the the happiness and the joy and the love that people feel from them and what the dogs give them
1: i bet how many teams did you start out with therapy dog teams at first
2: we had 15 and now we are at about 30
1: That's great. That's great. And are there certain times that they're busier that you have them do their shift, or is it just throughout the workday?
2: You know, one of the great things is the pups can basically set their own schedule. Brian knows on a Tuesday from 11 to 2, or, you know, 11 to 1, that that's his free day that he's got time to come. That's the time he can pick. And if that changes, he can say, oh, Heidi, you know what, that's not working anymore. I need to move to a Saturday. They're very flexible in when they can pick their hours to come. The airport is always busy. I could have somebody there at 2 in the morning, and there would be people <laughs> really excited to see the dogs.
1: I bet, yes. You have a very, very busy airport. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's so wonderful, and it's so great that, that they do get that kind of training so that so you're working not only the dogs, but also their human partners have a role too that they need to be sharing information and, and be prepared. prepared. Prepared for situations because you never know what can happen in your busy airport. Exactly. And, you know, the other
2: thing, too, It's the volunteer also has to be engaging in conversation. Brian can tell you, it's the passengers, they want to show pictures of their animals at home or they want to tell stories or maybe they don't have an animal now, but, you know, they remember it brings up childhood memories of the dog that they had that are happy or they're just excited that they're going on a fun vacation or it's something sad. They've just lost a loved one or you never know what it's going to be. Sometimes a volunteer is talking to the same person or a group of people for like 20 or 25, 30 minutes. And we always say it's not the quantity, it's the quality. Sometimes they don't even make it past the first seating section. It's like because people are just coming to them. And that's great. That's how it was supposed to happen for that day and time.
1: Yeah, that's so great. Well, we have so many more questions for you, but we are going to take just a quick break and hear some important messages from our sponsors. But come right back as we get to visit with Brian and Heidi and hear more about these wonderful volunteers at LAX. So, come right back.
0: We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned.
1: Molly, here's your dinner.
2: There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com.
0: Let's talk pets.
1: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio.
0: Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. We .com.
1: Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. And we're visiting today with Brian and Heidi, and they're telling us all about the wonderful program with therapy dogs at LAX. And Brian, I want to ask you, tell us what it's like. What's a day in the life for one of these amazing therapy dog teams at LAX?
0: Wow. Well, it's a great question. Every day is different. A lot of times we will go into the airport and I don't think that we've talked about this specifically, but one of the reasons we go through the security and fingerprinting process is because we literally go through the security checkpoints and into the gates as though we're a passenger. So we've got lots of room to move about and meet folks. And I will tell you, dogs in the airport are absolute rock stars. I mean, the (laughs) idea that somebody can walk up and pet a dog and... And talk about them. And Heidi mentioned this earlier, but everybody wants to talk about their own dog and how they miss them or, you know, they're sad that they, they lost their dog not so long ago. And one of the unique things that we have, my therapy dog, Finn, is an Irish wolfhound. So he's a rather large dog and he gets a lot of attention just by his sheer size in addition to being a therapy dog. So we also kind of become informal breed ambassadors and to some extent also kind of dog ambassadors showing that, you know, not only are therapy dogs great, but being a responsible dog owner is a wonderful thing. And of course, on top of this, Finn is also a rescue. So we talk about the idea that rescue dogs, you, know, you can get a great dog through a rescue. It's not just, you know, pit bulls and chihuahuas and, and dogs that have been discarded that are really quite wonderful.
1: Oh, yeah, I bet Finn is quite the rock star at LAX.
0: I'll give you one last example. So we always talk about sort of the happy times, but not too long ago we had a really unfortunate shooting at LAX, yes, and uh, yes. we came down the day after. Everyone had to sort of flee and pick up their luggage the next day, and you know we kind of came down there to provide comfort. And I will tell you, we went into an area where a lot of people who were clearly very stressed out were there, and when they see a dog like Finn, not only do you sort of feel and see them relax a little bit, but Children who are really don't know what's going on or, and seem to be the most afraid will come up. they just petted him for about thirty minutes and then we just talked about dogs and it was a great way to kind of get away from the seriousness that we experience every day in the world and just talk about something that we all share in common, which is a love of dogs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys are just multitasking. You're doing all kinds of things that are just so beneficial and not only to the passengers, but I'm sure that you are providing that to staff as well and helping them to de-stress. But Brian, tell us a little bit about the testing and the evaluation process because you are an evaluator for therapy dogs, right?
0: That is correct. So I am a volunteer with Therapy Dogs Incorporated. It is one of, I think, two or three national organizations that test and register therapy dog teams. And the benefit that comes out of that is not only do you get a nice little badge that says, you know, you're registered, but you also... As a therapy dog team get liability insurance, which, of course, in today's age, everybody looks for because they're concerned if something happens. So they're covered by an umbrella insurance policy. It's, I think, it's now 5 or $6 million insurance policy And that really gives organizations like LAX and hospitals and other businesses the confidence to either bring in therapy dogs or continue with the therapy dog program, knowing that should anything happen, and and I can't even, I think very rarely does anything happen, if ever. But it gives them the confidence that they can try this out and know that should something go wrong, there's that umbrella there if people want to know more about becoming a therapy dog team, they can visit the TD Inc. website at therapydogs.com.
1: Oh, great. Thank you so much for sharing that. And we'll make sure that we have that up for our listeners to access on our site as well. So that's great. And Heidi, I've heard that this is becoming so successful that now other airports are wanting to set up programs. Can you tell us about that? It is. It's, so exciting. There
2: are now 20 airports that have a therapy dog program. I did a conference in October where there were 80 airports there. And so just from that, we've got 20 more that have jumped on board. And I probably get a call a week sometimes two calls a week or emails inquiring about the program. So, you know, I helped the other airports set it up, and I really hope that by the end of this year we have doubled that and there are 40 or 50 airports. And hopefully internationally, too, I've talked to one of the airports in Canada, and I think this year they're going to be having the program on board. So it's really, really exciting, and it really just goes to show how necessary this program is.
1: That's wonderful. Well, can you share with us, Heidi, one story that really sticks out in your mind or what you've witnessed with this program that has really touched you?
2: Gosh, you know, there's a million (laughs) stories. But I think it's funny. I do, when I can, I try to go see my volunteers and their dogs. Sometimes they stop by the office to say hi, which I love. But occasionally if I know somebody's there, I'll go out just because I love to watch what happens and watch what, you know, the people and how they all interact with each other. And my mouth, like I hurt from smiling. Like every time I, (laughs) it's not a bad thing to hurt from. But actually, this is a story that Brian and I have. We were in one of the terminals and a lady came up to us and She said, oh, my gosh. She goes, my husband is ready to have a heart attack. He is so upset. Can you please come and see him? And we said, absolutely. You know, where are you? And she pointed out where they were. And we were finishing up with another family and walked down to them. And this man was just red-faced on his cell phone. I guess he was trying to send attachments or something for work and was not having luck. He looked up and smiled and he said, oh, who do we have here? And, you know, Brian said, oh, this is Finn. And how you doing? And he's like, I'm so mad and this and that. You know, I really needed to see this dog. And he put his phone down and just hugged Finn, you know, <laughs> just like melted on top of this dog. You could just see the redness start to leave his face. His breathing became calm, and him and his wife just said, he said, I seriously think you guys saved me from having a heart attack. He was so upset, and we were just like, we're glad that we were here, and we just stayed and talked to them for a while, and he was petting Finn, and he was so appreciative. He said, I just can't thank you enough. I don't know what I would have done had I not seen you, and we have other stories like that, and it just you can't put a price on that. It's priceless. It's really cool because the dogs have their own little trading cards and passengers love getting that, especially kids. So it's like they can show their friends, this is the dog I was petting at the airport. And a lot of times the volunteers and passengers will exchange information. We've had some kids with autism who actually live in LA, but we're flying somewhere and some of our dogs, that's one of their specialties is working with autistic children. And they've set that up outside of the airport and are doing that. And it's just, it's really amazing. I love it so much.
1: (laughs) That's wonderful. Well, it does touch so many people in so many different ways that you might not even consider and just what you're sharing is just, it's so beautiful. And Brian, is there something that sticks out in your mind of an experience that you and Finn have had together?
0: Well, I'll give you another story because you had mentioned earlier about employees also benefiting this we were in a terminal, and we were walking down the hall. And again, you have to keep in mind, Finn is an Irish wolfhound, which, of course, is the tallest breed. He's about 34 inches at the shoulder and he weighs about 160 pounds. So he's a force to be reckoned with. And uh, we were walking in this hall and I don't think there was anybody there. And as we came to this intersection, there was about four halls that came together. It almost was like a, a Looney Tunes cartoon. So on one of the aisles, you know, came down a police person. Another one of the aisles came down a flight attendant. And the last aisle that came down was a assistance person pushing a wheelchair of a passenger. And it was kind of like, we all converged in the middle at one time and everybody looked at Finn and they <laughs> clearly they were in a bad mood before and they all looked at him and not only did they have this great experience of meeting a truly wonderful and spectacular dog but as we left not only were people in a good mood they started to talk to each other and very rarely do you really see that kind of opening up of people have a reason to sort of share that experience and then share it with each other so we all become a little bit more human and humane towards each other, and I really do feel like this common bond of sharing a love of dog unites us in addition to calming us.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I've been smiling the whole time that we've been visiting. Just thinking about it makes you smile. It's so wonderful. Well, tell us, Heidi, if someone wants to become a volunteer, what should they do?
2: Okay, so... If anybody wants to volunteer at LAX or they are interested in starting a program in their town, at their airport, or have questions, they can call me at 424-646-8471, or they can visit the website, which is www.lawa.org, and if they click on the volunteer button, It will take them to all the information and pictures of the pups and a fact sheet and anything that you need to know.
1: Excellent. Excellent. And so, and Brian, and if their dog is not yet certified, they can contact Therapy Dogs Incorporated. And that's through the website that you said, which I believe was therapydogs.com.
0: Right. So they can go to therapydogs.com and there's a link on the right side that says how to become a member And I also mentioned that Finn has a Facebook page of his own that if people want to see pictures and stories about being a therapy dog, they're welcome to come visit his Facebook page and be his friend. I believe it's Facebook.com and you just search for Finn the Wolfhound. And it's a great way to sort of get a firsthand account of what's it like to be a therapy dog and pictures and sort of daily activities.
1: That's excellent. Well, of course, Finn has his own Facebook page. That's wonderful. Well, I just can't thank you two enough for the work that you're doing. And Whistle and I look forward to to coming to LAX again. And let me ask you, is there a way if we do come or when we do come to LAX that we could get to meet a therapy team? How would we do that, Heidi? Could we just ask someone at one of the terminals?
2: What we try to do is post when and where the dogs are. For the month. So people, if they're flying, they can look and see. But, you know, Marcy, you can call me. I would love for you to call me when you and Whistle are coming through. Yeah. And I will come coming- and.
1: That would be awesome. Well, we come at least a couple of times a year, so I'll do that, Heidi. We'll take you up on that. Great. Okay. Well, thank you two so much. We really appreciate it and appreciate the work that you're doing. It's just awesome. And we want to thank you, our listeners, too, for joining us today. And please, we love to hear from you, so keep those emails coming. And you know you can email Whistle and myself at Marcie, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com and you can also follow us on Working Like Dogs on Facebook. So thank you so much for being with us and we look forward to visiting with you again soon. Take good care.
0: Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com